The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving Purdue's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Boilermakers amazing pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroof Landscaping, design with you in mind. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by Dallas. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown for Dallas. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield. Beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Four. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. And yes, just like Boiler legend Carson Edwards said, you are listening or watching live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with one of my co-hosts, like it is every time on the Boiler Breakdown, Andrew Eiler. We're missing... Evan Webb tonight. He's got actual uh, working late, important duties. He's uh, working on the clock, working late yeah. tonight. So we're gonna miss him this episode, but he'll, I'm sure, be back to join us next week. But Andrew, happy to have you here tonight. Yeah. It's finally, game week. Something to talk about. Finally, yeah. Wow. I was thinking I, today. Yeah. This is the first time we can discuss a Purdue game since Rutgers March. week. Yeah. Well, March, all right, football game, yeah, Yeah, or basketball, either one, yeah, either either one, yeah, Yeah. football. It's first time since Indiana last November, so a couple weeks late. I mean, we should be getting ready to talk about about what week seven ish of college football season, probably, but instead we're talking about week one. Yeah, but oh well, we're here and uh, I'm excited for that. Exactly, exactly, and I thought tonight before we get into talking about. Uh, the latest news on Jeff Brom, uh, previewing the boiler season, previewing the matchup against Iowa. Today marks the two-year anniversary of Purdue's upset over number two Ohio State. It's better known as the Tyler Trent game. Um, what do you remember about that day? Did, did you have a, any certain feeling going into the game? or <clears throat> Just what do you remember overall? I, I, I never felt good. I didn't feel good. <laughs> um, obviously, the – the ESPN game day, the special on Tyler Trent was pretty moving, was obviously very, very well done and meant a lot and uh, was really cool to see and very well done. But then actually for the game, I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I think my, my wife would tell me that, that the whole time I was watching, I, I was ready to like waiting. I was just waiting for something. Wait bad for the shoe to fall off. Yeah. I was just yeah. waiting for it to like, Oh yeah, never mind. Here we are. Never mind. They're Ohio state. We're Purdue. And, I remember um, having a weird feeling that morning. Of course, like you said, watching game day, it was hard not to tear up. I mean, that mm-hmm. was just a great segment they did on Tyler. And, you know, going into that game, I'm like, well, the whole nation is literally for Purdue tonight <laughs> except Ohio State fans. And even some of them, I think, were. In a way, I think you're kind of right. Yeah. 
but uh, I, I still I still knew that it was going to take our best game to beat Ohio State. But uh, when we came out and punched them in the mouth and really controlled the game in the first half, I felt pretty good at halftime. And then we just opened things up in the second half. It was just a magical night. It was one of those nights that felt like Purdue football was was back at least for yeah, one yeah. night. It was in the it was in the national spotlight. Was, I mean, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. You're right. They were the headline of every sports program that night and, and even the following day. David Blau played Maracas. Um, Ronda Moore. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. got to remember that play where just throwing him in the screen on third and nine, he breaks the tackle, just bursts of speed, gets away from everybody. Marcus, Marcus Bailey's pick six to yep. punctuate the upset, <laughs> as Chris Fowler said. So, uh, yeah, just what a, what a great night. And it's definitely a night that I think Purdue fans will remember forever. Mm-hmm. Looks like we have a comment here. Uh, one of our Facebook viewers said he's watching during his wedding reception. That is awesome. I would have been doing the same if that were me. So, uh, yeah, that was just – I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to a lot of games in Ross-Aid, and I think uh, I think this one and the Breeze, Ohio State Pass, are right there. I don't know which one I – Did you storm the field? Relive. No, I did not. Either time. Why not, loser? I don't know. I don't know why I didn't. The only time I've stormed the field was in 2011 against Ohio State. I was in the, <laughs> the student section. And, and you got pushed and, on? And I had to. It was either yeah. storm the field or get trampled. Well, that's false. I also rushed in 09 just as a fan when they when we upset number seven Ohio State. So All Ohio State. All Ohio State, yeah. yeah, I was, yeah. Except the uh, Rose Bowl year when it was Michigan, Ohio State, and Indiana. The only season that's mm-hmm. been three field rushings. Um, of course, they had our field rushing against Notre Dame in 97 and Michigan State in 97. So, Were you there for those, Tanner? No, no, no. No, I was five. So, <laughs> no. Uh, I got a couple other comments here. More is the truth. Absolutely, Bobby. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, no Excited. Pun <laughs> um, we'll get into the excitement of watching Rondell Moore play for one more season here in a little bit. And he also wants to know who's starting at quarterback. Well, we don't really know. Jeff Brom came out and said a decision has been made, but Purdue's not going to announce until game time on Saturday. I think we both can have a guess who's going to mm-hmm. be. Um, and I, I guess we can get right into that. Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback on Saturday? I think it's Plummer. I agree. I I think uh, he was he was he showed enough those first few starts last year after Sindelar's injury, and he was getting better. And then, unfortunately, he himself got injured. But I think the whole I guess the Brahms now because really, I haven't really kind of alluded to Jeff's not going to be on the sidelines, but Brian Brahm, um, they've I think they're pretty confident in either Plummer or O'Connell. So it'll be I, I bet we see both of them honestly, but I bet Plummer's the first one to. Take a snap. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, let's be honest. If um, I'm a betting man, I bet they both start at least a game this year. Um, I mean, looking back in the last decade at Purdue football, even past the last decade, Joey Elliott started every game in 09 and David Blau every game in 2016. Those are the only two mm-hmm. seasons in the past 11 years that Purdue's had the same quarterback start every single game. So, I guess I forgot Blau did in 16. I just would have assumed that since going back to, uh, yeah, I don't know, Turbush, Henry, Marv, Mm-hmm. It's just been, and then Appleby, Blouse, and Delar just was always like one would start mm-hmm. three or four games later, they would kind of get replaced, and then they'd flip flop. And mm-hmm. I guess I totally forgot. I just assumed that, oh, yeah, Blouse and Sindelar just kept flip flopping. Or, yeah, but, really, that year in 2016, mm-hmm. which was Daryl Hazel's last year, and we covered that last week on the podcast. Yep. And thank you for everybody that reached out with all the comments and the feedback on that episode. It's pretty entertaining. It's kind of, I guess, misery loves company, as a co host, Evan Webb always says. But uh, if it wasn't blah that year, it was going to be redshirt uh, freshman largest yep. in the large. So there was yep. really no falling back, I guess, that year. So Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, like you alluded to, um, no Jeff Brom on the sidelines for the Boilermakers of this upcoming week. He did has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, when the news broke on Sunday, I was kind of hoping for a false positive. Yep. But he um, reassured everybody in the Zoom uh, press conference yesterday that he did indeed um, test positive and that he's had some symptoms. So – Speedy recovery and thoughts and prayers up to Jeff Brom mm-hmm. and his family 
Um, he knows he's just eating at him this week. Oh, uh, yeah. This is going to be tough. I did read this afternoon on um, Golden Black that uh, he did talk to the team today via iPad. Somebody took an iPad onto the practice field, <laughs> and he addressed oh, boy. the team today. Um, a couple other notes. Um, Brian Brom said he has never called plays in a game before. So this is the first. That's so got Jeff, me a little concerned. Yeah, so I thought he and – I know he was co-offensive coordinator. I know Jeff was calling plays. Co-offensive with Jamarcus Shepard. But yep. I, think, I think when it comes to plays, Jeff Brom is the play caller every single Saturday. He's got his hands in the mix. So Well, he's been used to – he's been used to playing football and watching his brother, older brother for a while. So I'm sure he – I'm sure he's not going to be too different. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Brian was a heck of a quarterback at Louisville and second-round pick by the Green Bay Packers himself, so he's not too shabby of a player. Um, was even in the Canadian football um, league teammates with a former Boilermaker quarterback, Robert Marv, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for a little bit. They were two of the three quarterbacks on the roster up there for a little bit. But uh, we'll see what the 35-year-old uh, younger Brom brother can do on the sidelines, and he will be on the sidelines. He usually coaches yep. up press box on saturday so that will be an adjustment too i was really hoping they were gonna like wheel brahm out there like uh has that suit has i know up, up in the up in the press box i know on I'm the intercom yelling at, yeah they would but uh i know he also said he cannot have any communication with jeff on saturday i didn't know if mm-hmm. they could maybe a half time but that makes sense since jeff will be at home i'm assuming he'll be at home I just imagined him having like a walkie-talkie to Brian and be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, exactly. Throw it deep. <laughs> deep, deep, and deep again. Um, so it's going to be interesting. He did say the ten, first 10 plays or so are going to be scripted. Yeah. So, of course, those, the offense um, Already knows should be and, fine. But yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think what offensive player they uh, interviewed today. I've got it up. Payne Durham. Oh, it was Payne Durham oh, said yeah. he wasn't worried about the uh, coaching change for Saturday. But what else does he got to say? Yeah, I'm really worried about it and get the fan base stirred up even more. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Got the Hawkeyes coming in. Um, talk about just consistent year in and year out. It's Iowa football. Yep. And Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured. 20, how long has coach. he been there? 20 years? Is it 20? I think he got there in 99, 98 or 99. One of those yeah. two. It's been a long time. I know when Bob Scoops retired, that gave Ference the um, title of longest tenured. So who a lot of Iowa fans would like to be their next head coach whenever Ference does decide to hang it up. Yeah. <laughs> got another comment here on Facebook. Bobby says uh, he'll be blowing up his phone with a thousand <laughs> text messages. Absolutely. I, th- I think he's – uh, I, I, I do know that Jeff said yesterday in this press conference that he is able to watch practice and take notes and everything. So they got the technology there that he can watch practice. So he's definitely still doing everything he can remotely. Um, just going to be a weird week. And I'm going to venture out and say he won't be the last Big Ten coach that goes through this. Yeah, what is it? The excuse me, SEC where they're having just running rampant through. There's like five or yep. six coaches Dan now. Dan tested yeah. positive, and Florida's now postponed two mm-hmm. games in a row. They had like 21 players. So yeah. that is the positive. Purdue has not had a player test positive yet. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. but I was coming into town, like I said, uh, Jeff Brom, the company, have a 2-1 and one record in three years against Iowa. And really last year's game was a six-point game, and that was pretty good considering Purdue – pretty much was fielding all freshmen on the offensive side of the ball up in the Kinnick Stadium. When was uh, – going back to finally, since we do have a football game to talk about, um, what was the streak that Purdue had last year for touchdowns scored by freshmen, true 18. freshmen? Is it still going? I can't remember who scored the last no, touchdown of the no, season. No, it's not going. Um, who scored? I, do know, I do know Hopkins scored one against okay. IU, so he – I feel like it was snapped before mm, that. I didn't know if it was still but, still going and if we were going to see uh, any continuation. I don't know who it would have been. Well, it's going to be interesting. I, I kind of was talking with you and Evan about this um, off off the record the other day, off the air, I guess you could say. Um, there's no reason to redshirt anybody this year because with the mm-hmm. new NCAA rules where everybody's kind of got a free pass of eligibility this year and can come back next fall with the same eligibility, play everybody you got. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I think we'll They'll see a lot of freshmen. See a lot of freshmen on special teams, at least probably, if they get the good athletes out yeah. there and give them some experience and then rotate guys in. It'll be. I know they asked uh, David Bell who he thought would be number three wide receiver besides behind Rondell and himself, and he wasn't sure. Um, 
I would still think is Melton Wright, maybe. I would say him or Ahmad Anderson. I keep my forgetting guess. about Ahmad. Yeah. He's the, and he's, I think he's going to be solid. I mean, mm-hmm. I get so excited when I talk about Purdue's wide receiver room. Um, I literally would put Bell and Moore up against definitely any combo in the Big Ten, but maybe mm-hmm. in the nation, Alabama might be the only one that has a leg up on them. With I don't, I don't know and, enough. Um, yeah. Smith, I think his last name is. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. Not gonna lie, but uh, but this this is unlike a combo we've ever seen at Purdue. I mean, I know Stanford and Stubblefield statistically were the two best uh-huh. receivers to come through the school, and they were on the same team for three out four years. But these two are a little different talent. Yeah, and let's just hope they stay healthy so we can see that for the full exactly. season, the full eight games. And yeah, we never saw it really last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bell was barely on the field against Nevada, even though he scored a touchdown. He was hurt. He was banged up. Wasn't he hurt? He was hurt most of the he season. He got hurt against TCU, yeah. which was Rondell's worst game. And then mm-hmm. Rondell, of course, got hurt against Minnesota. But uh, Bell kind of had his breakout party that game, and then it continued the whole year to where he was Big Ten Freshman of the Year. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so they can't double-team them both. So, yeah. But uh, w- uh, you got some notes on Iowa. I put down like four things, so I wouldn't call that much notes. Well, I do know they uh, they lost their quarterback, Nate Stanley. Yeah. Off to the he, Vikings? Yeah. He's on he the just, practice squad? He felt yeah. like he was there a decade. You know, sometimes yeah. a player rolls around in the Big Ten and feels like they're there for ages. He was definitely one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Their new quarterback, I didn't write it, Petrus. Spencer Petrus. Petrus. He yeah. broke all of Jared Goff's records in high school. Mm-hmm. They went to the same high school, so he's definitely got potential. Um, he talks, he talks a big game. He's definitely confident in, in his, um, interviews. Their offensive line should be good. Um, Corey Cronk. Always. Yeah. Grad transfer from Indiana. He's on Is the he starting? Is he starting? I know I that was believe, the initial depth I'm, chart that they yeah. had online. He wasn't, but which I thought would be yeah. kind of funny, but I bet he is, but I bet he is too. Um, I know they got some talented wide receivers back. Mm-hmm. Three, I think they have like three running backs that have all started mm-hmm. just because of injuries at one point. So the three experienced running backs. Uh, I think they had a tight end last year that someone called like TJ Hawkinson 2.0, which kind of scares me. Yeah, they have a lot of tight end. I mean, they had Fan and Hawkinson yeah. years yeah. ago. So they, they had Dallas Clark back in the day. Yeah. They kind of just uh, – George Kittle. I mean, they kind of just produced hopefully, – Yeah, hopefully we can cover the middle of the field. Yeah, that's been a Purdue problem for a decade going. Um but we'll, we'll talk about the defense here in a little bit. But uh, I think Iowa's definitely going to be more of an offensive team. They lost a lot on defense. A.J. Epineza went mm-hmm. to the Bills. Um, they lost some other guys. So One of them to Purdue. Yes. A.J. Johnson. Who just got cleared by the Big Ten yeah. this past week, so he's ready to roll. And you got to think he's going to be pumped up to play his former team. You know, I'm sure he's been helping the, the scout a little bit. Bobby with a comment here. Iowa's always tough, solid D, and due to little things, always a solid running game in the line. Couldn't agree more. That's Kirk Ferentz football right there. Yep. Hopefully Purdue's lines have improved enough they can kind of hold their ground on offense and defense. And we are not big Iowa fans on the Boiler Breakdown podcast. Uh, We have a little text uh, group going, and uh, we're not very nice about them because they like to come into Indiana and steal a lot of recruits. That's changed with Brown, though, a little bit. Yeah. I I mean, like – Swarm a couple years ago, the Swarm. When they were all over David Bell, and we're like, get the heck out of here. Yeah, that's putting it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so it's going to be a fun game on Saturday. Uh, we kind of mentioned defense. Let's let's talk about the Purdue defense side of the ball. New defense coordinator, Bob Diaco, former Iowa player, mm-hmm. former Iowa stud, actually. was a really good player for them. Comes to Purdue from uh, being the defense coordinator from Louisiana Tech. He also had a head coaching stop at UConn. Was a defense coordinator very – very good defense coordinator for Notre Dame for those two years when they mm-hmm. made the uh, national championship and lost to Alabama. He's had a few other stops along the way. I'm not really sure what to expect from a Bobby Bob Diocto defense. I'm pretty excited. I just think I'm just some, ready for something different. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he's just going to be really aggressive. I know I think it said from uh, at Louisiana Tech, but it, I mean totally different, different team different personnel doesn't i think it's coaching to what your personnel has but i think what i remember was that he was just super aggressive on like third down like first second down played it fairly straight up and then was just really really aggressive i think on third down that's blitzing and but we'll see what he see what looks like yeah i think we're going to get a mix of a three four and four three defense out of him which is interesting because i originally when we got him i thought he was going to be all three four but um 
I feel like Purdue's told him to tone it down a little bit in interviews because so far he's been pretty conservative in his interviews and at his other stops. He's kind of a character when it comes to the comes to the interviews, it seems like. But uh, I haven't been seeing that near as much right now. But uh, Purdue's going to get some returning uh, talent, um, starting with Lorenzo Neal back on the defensive line. Uh, I know I, I certainly wasn't surprised that he wanted to come back and didn't want to hold out. Um, as far as the, going to the NFL or playing this year, or, yeah, I because mean? I know I'm some surprised. people thought he might, uh, yeah, hold out and just try to make the NFL. But you haven't played in so long. I mean, towards ACL in the last game of 2018 versus Indiana, you sit out so long. I feel yeah. like you got to prove something on tape. Mm-hmm. Especially with how last year it was just like, oh, maybe this is the week. No, no, maybe next week. Maybe next week, and then it just never happened, and you never mm-hmm. practiced. And you know, I really hope, um that we hear the whole truth sometime about the 2019 season. If Rondell really could have came back, if Lorenzo really could have came back, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we had a better record, would they have came back? I, I really hope someday we find out the truth because uh, you, won't, you won't hear say. that. I know. Yeah. You won't hear that. I know. I would like to though, but uh, <laughs> Lorenzo's back on the defensive line. Of course you got George Karloff this now an extra year of experience. I saw the athletic, Today uh, predicted Purdue fifth in the West, but had George as the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. Wow. It's pretty high praise for a sophomore, but I, I do think George is going to have a really good year. I'm trying to think who else is on the defensive line. I'm kind of spacing. <sighs> Anthony uh, Watts. Anthony Watts, yeah. Um, then there's some young guys, Steven uh, Fushuo, the oh, yeah. freshman yeah. defensive tackle. Um Dante Hunter, Greg Hudgens, some young guys, uh, Branson Dean, Lawrence Johnson. Yeah, a lot of young talent. Yeah. Really produce a young team. I think they only got a handful, a single-digit amount of seniors, not too many juniors either. So a lot of freshmen and sophomore on this Purdue team. Um, linebacker, I'm, I'm excited about DeMar- DeMarcus Mitchell. So am I. I'm Junior excited college. to see it. They, I mean, everybody. They give the interviews, and I'm sure they're they're all going to talk him up. But they're like, "Oh, he's athletic. He's fast, but he's like 280 pounds. He's massive. That's a big boy." Yeah, um, but it sounds like he's a he's a bull on the football uh-huh. field. You got Derek Barnes back to linebacker, I believe. Mm-hmm. Did I read that right? Yes. So linebacker is still a position I'm a little nervous about um, mm-hmm. on defense. Defensive backs, we finally got depth. They're young, but we got depth. Corey Trice, um, Cam Allen. Mm-hmm. DJ Johnson, um, guys slip on my mind. Gio, um, Gio Howard, the JUCO transfer. In the transfer from UConn, that's who I was trying to think oh, of. Like, Coyle. Like, Coyle. Uh, Tyler, yeah, Tyler Coyle, I think. Grad transfer. Um, who has experience? I mean, it might be UConn, mm-hmm. but he started three years, so that that helps. Mm-hmm. So so I'm really excited. I know everybody wants to talk about the offense side of the ball, and rightfully so, but don't don't sleep on the defense. Mm-hmm. I think I think the defense can really be the difference maker for Purdue and probably going to have to be. A lot of games. Um, yeah, but I mean, I feel like just looking at what you just talked about with the offense. I mean, if Purdue's going to score 50 points, then defense doesn't have to be that good. Yeah, if they score 50, but got to got to give the quarterback time for the ball. Tanner, we haven't talked yourself into like, oh, man, like Plummer's going to win the Heisman yet. Not not yet, not yet. Uh, we, we still got a, a little bit of ways to go in this podcast. That, that could happen. I think last year we literally had ourselves talking about oh, like, yeah. Lord, Elijah. Wow, and, like one-two in the Heisman. Being like yeah. all Americans, so. <laughs> Uh, what still what could have been if those two would have stayed healthy last year? I still think they could have had something special, at least from a statistical standpoint. But uh, the offense side of the ball, of course, the big headline was Rondell Moore opting back in, which um, thrilled every single Purdue fan in, in Boilermaker country. Um, I was kind of surprised, but kind of not. I know we hit we hinted on that last podcast right when I saw that Tyler Bateman was opting back in for Minnesota. I thought, okay, maybe Rondell will too, and. Um, I'm glad he's out to prove something. Mm-hmm. Like, like we said, him and David Bell are just – that's an exciting, exciting one-two combo to watch. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they get creative using those two too. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it sounds like – I mean, Rondell's been on kick and punt returns, which kind of scares me, but yeah, uh, doesn't sound – so they're not going to be – I mean, they're not holding them back at all if they're putting them out there for yeah. special teams. He so. wants to return, yeah. I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Purdue has a lot of uh, options when it comes to return game. You got uh, Rondell Moore. You got Howard, the Juco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, T.J. Sheffield Moore. is up there. Marcellus Moore, yeah. Yep. 
So a lot of options. And like we mentioned, the wide receiver room, besides just Moore and Bell, you got Anderson, you got Wright, you got Marshawn Rice, who redshirted last year. You got TJ Sheffield, who redshirted last year, who had a great camp last year and was ready to go against Penn State and then got hurt that week mm-hmm. of practice. Well, he um, was gonna he was gonna like start because that was when everybody was mm-hmm. hurt. Jared Sparks still got him, the fifth year senior. Jackson Anthrop's back, but he's hurt and got surgery. Not sure if we'll see him return this year or not. I think they were thinking midseason at the best. And I think someone suggested running back for some reason. I don't know who that was. I did see that. I don't um, know why. Just because he of depth. Up and... running back a couple times last year, but it was more for like flat passes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many carries that... he actually got. But but then we got freshman wide receivers, uh, Malik Carr. Um, I'll let you say this one, Tanner. I, I was thinking Sullivan. I was going to oh, okay. I, I was thinking Sullivan. Um because I screw this one up every time, and I, that's why I let, I let, I let Evan take that Abdul. one. Yeah. I'm not going to try. Yeah. I've the four-star from yep. Illinois that Pretty stole from, from Northwestern. Yep. yep. I, I think I think we'll see him and Malik a lot as freshmen. Um, I mean, like we said earlier, why not play all freshmen? Mm-hmm. But I think we'll see those two. Um, I'm going to check our Twitter Real quick, I know we did get some questions today. We asked some questions on Facebook and Twitter, and and we got a couple here. Um, first one is from one of the sponsors of the Boiler Breakdown, Mad Mushroom. Uh, since we're starting our backup coach, is the game plan going to be any different than just give it to Rondell or Bell? Thoughts? I don't know. I feel like you have to get, you have to kind of force feed your stars. Not really. I don't know if you're not going to force feed them, but uh, I think you're going to have to take their shots with them. I mean, you get your guys that kind of your bell, bell cows, give them the chance to win you the game. But I think you're, they'll be used a lot as decoys because obviously Iowa knows who they are and is going to kind of focus on them, which will give a lot of the other guys, like you said, mm-hmm. Milton Wright, Ahmad Anderson, Sparks, Cole Herdman, any of those guys. Not Cole Herdman. He's gone. Payne Durham. Payne Durham. Durham. Yeah. Uh, Billadow, Garrett, we didn't talk about the tight ends yet because they're all young. Yeah. And you're only of sophomore. Or the running backs. You didn't talk about the walk-on that had 160 yards against IU in his last game last year. Or Vath and then yeah. King Doru and maybe Tyreek Murphy Jr. Not sure how much action he'll see this year. but He's nice a freshman. Like, like you said, he's a freshman. You might, why not? Yeah, I mean, Purdue's going to have to run the ball better than they did last year. Last year was the first year they didn't run for 1,000 yards in almost two decades, I think. So, no, I thought I thought I read that Hazel one of Hazel's year did the Hazel's first year when they won one oh, game. Thirteen, probably they? right. Yeah, they they were bad in every statistical category yeah. that year. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. We don't need to go down that road again as we did last week. But uh, but Purdue's got to have to run the ball better. I mean, everybody's getting everybody knows we're a pass first team, which kind of leads me in this question we got from BoilerInTexas.com over under Rondell more targets versus Iowa twenty and a half. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say under, cause I don't think Purdue's going to throw the ball 45 times. I don't know. I hope they do. Or I don't know. I hope they don't. Cause that means they're just Rondell. Well, cause Rondell's going to score from like 70 yards. So they're not going to have these long drives. They're not going to need to throw the ball that much. So I'd uh, say under. Purdue fans 694 did reply to that and said under, but I'd put it at 12 targets and eight decoy plays. I kind of like that number. Yeah. I kind of like the number. Boilerintexas.com responded to that. So my guess, the plan was already throw the ball 80 times. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think Brian's going to be more aggressive and just said like, all right, Jeff, this is my chance. This is my team now. I feel like he's got to be a little aggressive or he's going to oh, yeah. hear about it from his brother, particularly when he's going to hear at, from his brother anyway. You're right. But uh, you look at the Purdue Iowa games the last few years, Purdue's had success going up over the top with the deep ball against Iowa. So you got to think they're going to take some chances. Yeah, but Iowa knows that too. So I think you got to go the other way a little bit. Yeah. There's going to be, like they said, decoy. Rondell and David Bell are just going to go deep. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to hit Ahmad Anderson underneath, and he's going to break something. I don't know. Or TJ Sheffield. Or yeah, Mar- Marcellus guy. Moore. Just just hand the ball to Marcellus Moore and let him run. And BoilerInTexas.com responded to that one. This is where I think it gets interesting. It's almost a win-win whether they give it to him or not. Yeah. So. That's we never even got to see that last year because I mean like right when Rondell got hurt, Bell Bell hadn't even really come on at all yet. So no, no, I mean who knows? 
I mean, the only game I really remember them both seeing the field quite a bit was TCU, which they shut Rondell down, and then David got hurt towards the end of the game with separated mm-hmm. shoulder. So, but um, I just I just hope the offensive line had, keeps improving and can give yep. whoever the quarterback is time. And and Brian Brom spoke and he said he felt feels really good about the line play today. Of course, you got Grant Herman's leading the way. Who calls this season a blessing? He didn't think he was going to get a senior season. A lot of depth. I think the line goes 12, 10 deep if needed to. I just don't know how much experience there is on the line. I don't think there's a whole lot outside of Herman's. Um, I you mean, the, starting you the center transfer from UTEP. Yes, but I think he's and he's been hurt a lot the last couple of years. So I mean, mm-hmm. he's. I think he played a couple of years ago, and then I think has mostly been hurt, kind of off and on the last couple of seasons. Hasn't gotten a whole lot of experience, but. Yeah, like does, I said, more depth, more talent. It it um, does sound like Gus Hartwig's gonna see some action. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I honestly can't think of the line <clears throat> um, left to right in the, in my head right now without looking it up. Uh, so there's a redshirt freshman that I know a lot about that they keep talking about, Cam Craig, who I think played mm-hmm. toward the end of the season. He did. Uh, Sam Garvin was the walk on center that took over uh last year when victor beach yeah victor still hurt i believe i think he retired i think he's got back problems i don't think he's on the team anymore. i thought i'd heard that i wasn't positive i I do know he had back problems and now that you mentioned it i do remember reading something but i couldn't remember he retired or it's taken like a what's the medic not a medical redshirt but some other term oh gray shirt or something like that a blue shirt Mm -hmm. um Yeah, now I'm blanking on the right side. But the really, guard and tackle really, long, I think, I think, is up there, yeah. I think for all the weapons Purdue has on offense, that's the big key. Can they give Jack Plummer, Aiden O'Connell, or Austin Burton, whoever's quarterback, enough time to get the ball off and let your playmakers make plays? So, And can the running backs, like you said, can they run the ball somewhat just to make it an option, make it make the defense have to kind of think about it? Keep them honest. Mm-hmm. Keep the defense honest. So, but uh, I did just mention Mad Mushroom, and of course, they are one of the sponsors of the Boiler Breakdown podcast. And they got a deal for any Boiler Breakdown listener. Um, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, serving Boilermakers since 1993. Mad Mushroom is located in the heart of West Lafayette and is well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever I visit, I like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month. Next time you're in town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And also, any Boiler Breakdown listener can use the coupon code BREAK5, that's in all capitals, capital B-R-E-A-K-5, to claim their discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And we are thrilled to have them on board for Season 2 of the Boiler Breakdown podcast, which I've been saying the last few episodes Season two, season two, but this really does feel like the kickoff of season two since it's game week. So, um, but uh, some other Big Ten games going on this weekend. Um, did you want to pick some games real quick? I know nothing outside of the Purdue teams. That's good. That makes a fun prediction. There you go. Yeah. Well, we got the Friday night game. You got the Illinois fighting Illini. That's an easy one, though. It's uh, Lovey Smith, year five of the Lovey Smith era up in Illinois. They're traveling to Camp Randall. Face Wisconsin. You remember Illinois beat Wisconsin last year. It was kind of the it was definitely and, the upset of the year in the Big Ten. And then Wisconsin's quarterback is hurt, correct? Jack Cohn is Jack hurt. Cohn. So Graham Martz, uh retro freshman, he was an Army All American two years ago. He is under center for the Buck for the Badgers, about some Buckeyes for the Badgers. Number 14, Wisconsin is a 20 point favorite. Who are you taking Friday night? Wisconsin and the points. I mean, they're gonna they're just gonna run all over Illinois. It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think Wisconsin going to come out from blood. Um, like you said, they still they lost Jonathan Taylor to the Colts, of course. But they, they, how many times has Wisconsin lost a running back to the pros and then just insert? It's like they just put a new jersey on a guy and he fills in, and, and new lineman, and it's just a rotation. It's a factory. Yep. Scott Frost entering near three in Cornhusker land. They, favorite. They bitched and moaned and. Uh, <laughs> Hey, they saved the Big Ten season. They saved the Big Ten season according to their fan base. They would play anybody anywhere. So the Big Ten's like, okay, we're going to test you week one. They're going <laughs> to the horseshoe to play number five, Ohio State. Ohio State's a 26-point <laughs> favorite. Uh, I mean, Ohio State, and I think they cover. Uh, I, could see them, I could see them laying off in the second half, but 
I don't think so because it's Nebraska and Scott Frost talks too much. Prediction: Nebraska gets up seventeen to seven. Their fan base is just going ecstatic on Twitter. Then Ohio State scores <laughs> forty-two unanswered points and wins forty-nine to seventeen. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, poor Nebraska. They go Ohio State, then Wisconsin, <laughs> Northwestern, Penn State. <laughs> I don't feel bad for. Them. But Ohio State should be really, really good this year, led by uh, Justin Fields, who should be probably the best quarterback in the Big Ten. So they're pretty loaded. In Nebraska, it's hard telling. Adrian Martinez is returning as quarterback. Yeah. have a short leash with McCaffrey behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Rondell Robert, Wondell Robinson Wondell, does yeah. in the second second year. Uh, let's see. What other matchups do we have? Uh, oh, this is a fun one. Rutgers at Michigan State. I don't have a line on this one. I don't either. Show a line. I don't know. Maybe nobody nobody cares. So nobody cares. So nobody's betting on it. So nobody wants to. Nobody's nobody's picking Rutgers. The second era of Greg Schiano, who went sixty eight and sixty seven from 01 to two thousand eleven with Rutgers, and first year head coach for the Spartans, Mel Tucker. He stayed one year at Colorado and totally left forgot. for yeah. big big money, big money. I think he's a top fifteen paid coach in America now. So. I'm taking Sparty, but in a close one. I don't think either of these teams is going to be very good this year. No, I don't either. I think Michigan State, honestly, I have no idea. But to be Michigan I, State, I yeah. you got to make Rocky Lombardi throw deep against you. If he can do that and they can beat you well, so be it. But Number eight, Penn State at Indiana. Penn State's a six-and-a-half point favorite. I mean, Penn State, I have to I buy two touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be that close. I will say Penn State lost their, their starting running, running back. back the I, saw that. I, don't, I don't um, think it's going to matter, though. It's going to be – they're like Wisconsin. They've got so much talent. The next guy up is probably another high-star recruit. Well, and I should see how Sean Clifford fine. does this year with another year experience under his belt. I will say I think Indiana has a really good offense. Mm-hmm. They got Penix back, Stevie Scott's back, Wops back. They got a good line. Um and they return a lot on defense from a defense that ranked in the top 50 in every statistical category. But I think you're right. I still don't think they're ready to take that jump and beat one of the big boys yet. I think Penn State gets it done in covers. Um, the game day, college game day is on site in Minnesota this week for number 18, Michigan, at number 21, Minnesota. Michigan's a three-point favorite. It's a coin Picking Minnesota, I don't want to pick Fleck, but I I don't I hate Jim Harbaugh almost as much as I hate PJ Fleck. So, okay, so where where's your ranking <laughs> between Harbaugh, Frost, and Fleck? Uh, I think Fleck is number one for me, and then and then probably I don't know you I don't like Frost, but I'd say Harbaugh's number two. Just I don't think I can ever give up how much he complained and bitched about <laughs> the Purdue locker rooms and he is a baby. Yeah. Um, those are those are my top three, but I think I agree with you with Fleck one. Um, he's a better coach than Frost, but I, I can tolerate Frost a little more than I can PJ. And PJ Stick is working for him, but mm-hmm. I still just can't stand the guy. But Frost is two for me, then Harbaugh's three. So. To be honest, why don't you like Scott Frost? What has he specifically done? I thought it was more that just everybody, he got so much love from and hype that they're like, oh, Scott Frost is the savior. Nebraska is going to win the uh, national championship. Not so much that. Um, I mean, the three Nebraska fans I personally know are all really smart, nice fans, but it's the Twitter ones that are awful, like any fan base. Yeah. But Scott, he just makes so many excuses. I mean, um, you remember that hoodie comment yeah. last year? And like back in my day, we didn't wear hoodies out practicing, things like that. It's like nobody cares. You were a backup quarterback in the 90s for a really good team, and you're a backup. And, and the, even though I hate Indiana, the comment he made about, Hoping to play, wanting to play Indiana. Oh, every year. Yeah. Indiana beats. Yeah. I mean, within their beats, I'm just like, dude, you talk a lot of trash. You can't back up nothing. And look, Heupel's having almost just as much success as he did in Central Florida. So you got starting to think, was that really all Scott Frost, or is it just kind of the culture there? So I don't know. He just throws me the wrong way. But uh, I'm going Michigan in a close one Saturday night. Uh, I don't want to give Bo Boy a win right away. So oh yeah. Uh, Maryland at Northwestern. Northwestern's 11 point favorites. I'm, is Maryland that bad? Like, 
they got talent. Josh Jackson back at yeah. cornerback, but they lost both their running backs who totaled over sixteen hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns. I mean, it seems like like a decade ago when the last time we had Big Ten football, even though it was know, only like I know it. fifteen months, but like I know it. Didn't Northwestern Northwestern's offense last year was they like were historically bad. Year. Their defense was like a top fifteen yeah. defense, but their offense averaged was, eighteen points per game. So that's it what I mean. Awful. Like they're favored by eleven points. They had quarterback they gonna... issues. They yeah. had a lot of injuries last year. They do have Ramsey now, who yeah. I, I believe he's going to start oh. over Johnson. I thought, yeah, I was going to say they had the, the quarterback from Indiana, Peyton Ramsey, from Clemson. Well, then there was the IU quarterback. I forgot that he was there. Yeah, I, think, I was thinking. I, think I was thinking start. of Hunter Johnson. Yep, I think he's going to start. Yeah. I, I thought Hunter until I read that today. They think Ramsey's going to start. So, I think I think Fitzy's boys bounce back this year in year fifteen, which is hard to believe. He's been there fifteen years. Um, I don't think they'll be great, but I think they'll be better than they were last year. I mean, they have to be. I mean, they. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna get better. I agree. Yeah, uh, three and nine last I, year equivalates to like one and seven this year. So. Uh, I'm gonna take Northwestern, but I think it's a closer game because I don't think either team scores like 20 points. I agree with it. I, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, Purdue Iowa. Um, I got the line at Iowa three and a half. It fell a point yesterday. It was four and a half. Uh, mine says three. I think. I'll I saw three, three and a half as well. I think it opened at two and a half. Is that right? Yes, it did. Oh, I can't get back to it, but I think I saw it was three. Um, I have to, I have to pick Purdue. I think, I think the Brahms just own Ference. David Love Bell, Rondo Moore are going to give him nightmares again. And, Love it. I mean, I mean, uh, this is a Purdue podcast. First game of the year, we're pumped up for game week. How can we not pick Purdue? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody said Purdue's going to score fifty. So I think it's going to be a close one. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But um, I mean, I do have low concerns going in with a coach that's never called plays before, but. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll go out and I'm maybe sure they rally been, around for Jeff. So I mean, how long has Brian been coaching with Jeff? I mean, he was he, was he with him at Western Kentucky? I feel like he was the last year or two, maybe. Yeah. So I mean, he's I finishing up I, his CFL career. Plus, I, I was a little surprised. So Diaco has head coaching experience. I was kind of surprised they didn't make him head coach. Other than that, Brom is pretty. He wants offensive mind. I think there. Yes. I was kind of surprised it wasn't Shepard. To be honest. Why? Why over? I just thought. Figured he let Brian call the plays and let Shep kind of – I don't know. That's a good question because he has no experience either. I don't know why I thought that, but he just feels like more I, coach type to me. I saw that online that people were like, oh, maybe Shepard, or they'd pick Shepard over Brian. I was like, I'd probably pick Brian over anybody because he's so close to Jeff. And, I mean, I'm, I was thinking it might be Diaco or somebody who has yeah. head coaching experience. Uh, the special teams guy, Biagi, didn't he coach? He was a head coach somewhere in Texas, I thought. Yes, and I'm glad you brought him up because we didn't even talk about special teams, really. I mean, you got Dellinger coming off a really good year last year. You got Collins coming off uh, – and, and Collins and uh, – Cormier. Cormier, Brooks Cormier, yeah, yeah, both punted a little bit. So you got all of your specialists returning. Um, their goal is to have some big plays on the return game. Purdue has not returned a kick for a touchdown since 2013, hasn't returned a punt since 2009. So they are very due to take one to the house. Are we going to see any fakes like uh, circa Tony Levine? Yeah, I think. Well, I think I think we'll see a bunch of fakes, trickery, yeah. and a bunch of fun this year. I mean, it's a it's a nine game season. I'm guaranteed nine games, and uh, and when it comes to special teams, there's going to be a lot of cold weather games. That ball is not going to go as far off the tee. There's not going to be as many kickbacks, fewer touchbacks as we're used to. So a lot more uh, return opportunities. So. I do think we'll take at least one to the house this year. I don't know if it's a punt or a kickoff, but we've been saying that for eight years, Tanner. I know it. <laughs> I know it. Um, before we get into some other quick predictions, as we're getting close to wrap this up, I've got to mention another sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, and that's Webb's Family Pharmacy. They are boilermaker owned and an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and in North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment, and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. And we're happy to have them on board. Always happy to have a boiler-owned company on board. So I so always like to do you know some over-under different the guesses. I don't have any written down, so these are just off the top of my head. Will Xander Horvath be the leading rusher on Purdue? For the season or for game one? For the season. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's King Doru. 
I agree. I agree with you there. Who leads Purdue in rushing touchdowns? I bet Horvath does. Horvath. I'm going to go Daru. So I'm going with Daru for uh, yardage and in touchdowns. Who leads Purdue in receptions this year? David Bell. Oh, not going around no more, huh? I think Moore is going to lead in yards. I think Bell's going to get more catches. Okay. So I think Moore is going to take too much, so much attention. He's going to have the bigger plays. But I think more, I think David Bell is going to be the consistent guy. I will go Rondell in both, but I don't think it's by a long shot. I think we'll see even a lot of little shuffle passes to Rondell, like the mm-hmm. little one yard, and if he drops his incomplete Tyree pass. Kill. Yeah. Do those type tight, plays. Yeah. Um, who do you think leads Purdue in touchdowns? There I will go David Bell. I'm just going to switch it up. Just going to switch it up. And the good question, a better question probably, who's third in all these categories? That's that's kind of the – No clue. I mean, there's so many options, and I bet that'll be a hodgepodge because they'll just rotate in so many guys, I bet, after behind those two. Uh, I'd pay Ahmad Anderson would be my guess. but Does Jack Plummer start every game for Purdue this year? Mm Mm-mm. Does he lead Purdue in passing yardage and touchdowns, though? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I can get on board with that. You're probably right. Well, does uh, – oh, okay, who uh, between O'Connell and uh, Burton, who gets the UCLA transfer quarterback? I think O'Connell. more play than, than Burton. Mm-hmm. I, I could see us if, – if, if <clears throat> Burton's skill set, I think we could see certain packages with them. But I think, like you said, I think O'Connell has a better chance to start a game than Burton. I'm trying to think here. Who leads the team in sacks? Big George. Yeah. I think so, too, even though I think he's going to draw a lot of double teams. But Lorenzo Neal is going to help with that as well right there. Plus, if they're on, if they're in a 3-4 and Mitchell's on the other end, Very true. I mean, he's going to take a lot of attention, too. Who leads the team in interceptions? Corey Trice. I'm going to go Cam Allen. I'm going to go safety. I'm going to go Cam Allen there. But either of them's a really good uh, guess. And uh, how, about, how about leader in tackles? Uh, there's a Thieneman on the team, isn't there? There is. Yep. <laughs> I know. Um, That's always a good guess. I know. Uh, I'll go Derek Barnes. That's a good one. Um I haven't even seen the guy play down, but I'm going to Marcus Mitchell. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the hype train right now. <laughs> so uh, what is your overall record prediction for Purdue? Uh, I think they win five. Five and three? Yes, I, I think so. I think they win five. I mean, I think they got the easy, easier crossover yeah. games with yeah. Rutgers, yeah. IU. Yeah. So you got you, you to gotta get those two. And then 500 in conference. So I'm guessing you have them slipping up at Minnesota and at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Where's the other one? I I hadn't hadn't thought that far. I just figured there's going to be one in there. They're probably going to steal. They're going to lose one. They shouldn't. They're going to steal probably, one. Right? You're thinking more logical, but I'm going six and two because I'm thinking I just Minnesota and Iowa. Pick or, uh, I'm going Minnesota. Minnesota and, yeah. um, but if there is a year to break the Wisconsin streak, it's this year up at Camp Randall with no fans. But it's just a tough matchup for Purdue, and I just don't like the Friday night under the lights late November game against Minnesota. That does not bring back good memories of a wintry cold game two years ago up there. But um, I could see that. I could I, I could talk myself into six wins, Tanner. I know I could talk myself into eight if I really wanted to. But uh, Steve Dodson watching on Facebook here says Boilers by six. I'm assuming he's talking about Saturday's Iowa. game. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll take it right now. I'll take Boilers by one. Any just want to get off to a good start. Any any wins good with me? Uh, it's gonna be a weird year. Um, no, no. Well, there will be Boiler families in the stands and, and maybe some staff. But besides that, Rossade will not see a fan unless things change somehow. But uh, so a lot of fans won't be going to games for the first time in a long time. But there'll be Purdue fans all over the country and all over the world watching. So uh, go home and have some tailgate parties. Order some Mad Mush. Some cheese sticks, some, some socially cheese. distant tailgate parties, Tanner. Exactly. I knew, I knew you were good for that. I knew somebody would chime in, and it was you. There's no Evan here, so yeah. Um, but no, I look forward to having some of those myself. Uh, still, still excited. I mean, Purdue sports is one of my passions in life, it's particularly uh, men's basketball and football. So, very excited that it's finally here. 
We have something to look forward to. Before we wrap up the show, I got to do our one more sponsor read, and that is our returning sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years. It can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and their licensed lawn applicators. You can contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574-223-2769. Trof Landscaping, design with you in mind. And we're happy to have them on board again for this season of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. Any final thoughts, Andrew? Uh, Football-related, basketball-related, anything going going into this weekend. Oh, Purdue started practice this week, basketball. They right? did. Um, yeah, after nice. a delay. Yeah, yeah. nice. They actually only missed a day. Mm-hmm. So we thought they were going to be actually starting tomorrow, a yep. week late. So it was nice to get those guys in the gym and going. Um, I think you were the one who sent out about the freshman center, how he measured at like seven, four and a half with like a with 70. shoes on with 78 inch wingspan, yeah. which to put that in perspective, what was Haas? Haas was seventy five or seventy six, and Anthony Davis is like seventy six of the of the Lakers. So that is a big boy, two eighty five, seven four two eighty five, and uh, it doesn't sound like Zach Eady is going to be redshirting. It sounds like he is going to be the backup center behind Trayvon Williams, who has grown an inch up to six ten. He's listed six ten instead of six nine now, two sixty five. So um, there was a few other players that grew an inch, but Mason Gillis somehow. Um, shrink an inch, according to the measurements, six seven to six six now. So, oh boy, shortest guy on the roster that will play meaningful minutes, Isaiah Thompson at six one. So, for a shortest guy, that's not too bad. But uh, yeah, we'll have a lot more basketball talk as we get closer to the season. We still don't even know what the schedule looks like. We're like six weeks away, and we don't even know what the schedule looks like. Besides that, we're starting against Liberty in the uh, tournament that has, I think it is. Clemson and uh, the only one I could name. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be Illinois State. They backed out. Clemson and somebody else. I'm just blanking. Clemson is the only one I could name. Yeah, but um, we'll we'll have more talk. But we don't know about the crossroads. We don't know about the Big Ten schedule as far as uh, dates and times or anything. But um, just glad Boiler Football is back. Looking forward to three thirty on the Big Ten Network. Make sure to tune in. Uh, We'll be back next week, hopefully recapping a win and previewing the first road game of the year, which is over in Champaign against the Illinois Fighting Illini. But uh, for Andrew Eiler, I'm Tanner Lee. And like always, boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Hawkeyes.